United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. There it is. Finally. Um, I have a- I have a gif for you, maybe it'll make you feel better. This is one of my favorite videos. A gif? Okay, I don't think it. So the whole entire video is like this, I don't know if it's coworker, friend, relative, whatever, and he walks up to the guy in the car who's recording and he's like, I got you these balloons because you're gay, I got you these skittles because of the rainbow, and then he was like, and then look at this, I got you this cake, but he tilts it in front of the screen and it's a cookie cake and it says, be who you are for your pride. And for whatever reason, they both start singing it, like, <laughs> and then them singing it, like, them singing it's it, okay. the most amazing thing is, like, because the guy who's receiving the cake is, catches on two words in, you know what I mean? So, And he holds it, so he <laughs> he comes in late. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he holds it till the end. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he co-signed at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and it is just music to my ear. I'm glad that right before I hit record, um, a little behind the scenes, me and Noel were like, we have nothing to offer. And I'm glad you just proved that for the first two seconds. <laughs> I had something to offer. Oh, no, it was actually great. Because um, that's all I've been thinking about. Also, because the guy pie. singing sounds like um, gay tie, my other tie. Yeah. And uh, he'll do the same thing. I'm like, thank you. But like really bad. Like that's uh-huh. the whole point of it. And so when I heard that, like, be who you are, I was like, holy shit, it's second time. It's second time. <laughs> so anyway, happy Pride. Yeah, happy, happy pride. pride. You got COVID at Pride. I Everyone, love that for you. Yep. It, a little homophobic of them, if I will say. A little, a little bit, fucking yeah. homophobic of them. Um, um, hey, yeah, what's I, up? My name's Noelle, and before Chelsea introduces herself, I know that we were happy for a second. I want to bring us down again. Mm-hmm. Um, happy Pride, where the Republican Party has blamed transgender people and drag performances for the atrocities in this country and not the fact that you can get a semi-automatic assault rifle and fucking mow down school children. But, you know. Great job, Texas. Mm-hmm. You really got it together. Man. And woman. And they, them. It is pride. We'll include all three. Yeah. Very depressing. I'm Chelsea. And uh, I am that kid at drag shows. So eating it up. I do want to pull a statistic out uh, and feel free to fact check me on it. Um, you're more in danger of being sexually assaulted by going to church than you are going to a drag show because currently the statistics on children being assaulted at drag shows is zero. Um, yeah. 
yeah, so yeah, yeah. oh yeah it'd be well, like that though sometimes then the other thing is like if you if texas wants to come out and say like because they're like children need to be children in a place where they can be children and they're like not so don't go to drag shows which is funny because i think children should also be children inside of school and not have to worry about being fucking murdered but like you know whatever you're this great job texas but yeah if they want to go with that, then like, okay, then children can't go to Hooters, and you guys need to make your weird little beauty pageants for babies illegal, you fucking assholes. Yeah, if you want to if you want to be about it, we'll play ball. Yeah. I'll play ball, that's fine. Yeah. I'll um, say no kids in drag shows, and then that also means no kids at Hooters, and abolish little baby pageants, and the little, the, the pageants mm-hmm. that they do in the South, where they make six-year-olds look like 35-year-old prostitutes. Yeah, kids can't go to church anymore. Yeah, but baby, you know I've been saying that from the jump. From the <laughs> jump. We'll, we'll play. So, we'll play ball. Yeah. Um, so this week we were supposed to be doing. Well, last week we were supposed to be doing part two of our event televangelist. Tele- fuck me. I mean, they're the same, one and the same. The love of evangelist. Evangelicals are televangelists. I was elbow deep in COVID. And as I come out of the haze, Noelle has decided to dive into COVID. Yeah. Or, or I'm at the tail end of it, and you're just right at the beginning. Yeah. Let um, me give everyone a preview of Patreon content for those of you who are not paying the dollar to listen to our extra episodes. I'll give them the sentence that I gave Patreon. Yeah. When Chelsea got COVID, we took the week off. But because, <laughs> I, wear, <laughs> because I wear the weight of the working class on my back, we work through my COVID experience. Um, You're welcome. You only decided that you had COVID yesterday. When we took that Thursday off, that was when I had – I was right in the thick of it, man. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I do appreciate your strength in um, – just taking an allergy pill and powering through this episode. Oh I can't even take it. I can't even take <laughs> yeah, it. You can't. That's right. You can't take it. Tomorrow, take it again. Um, you can take a Benadryl with that, though. You're just going to be, like, double tired. I don't think I have a Benadryl, honestly. Mm. Well, I don't know what to tell you then. Um, so this week is going to be an intermission week. Yeah. We're still planning on finishing the televangelist yeah. episodes. Um, but there are some heroes that come out of that. And if we were just talking about the villains of um, making money off of people, then we would just slap it together. That's fine. Um, but specifically with pride, the heroes that come out, we wanted to give them, we wanted to praise them with a chest. So we're going to do a little bit of an intermission and uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, Bigfoot. And Yetis. Okay. So some minor housekeeping to get out of the way. So when I think of Bigfoot slash Sasquatch, I think those are one and the same. And when I think Yeti slash Abominable Snowman, I think those are one and the same. I would agree. You agree on that so far? Yeah, I agree. Okay. When I think about the differences between the two, I don't think of them as necessarily a difference in species, only a difference in geography and color. Being that, I agree with that as well. Okay. So brown like big versus brown versus white. white. Yeah. yeah. So like we have Bigfoot, which is North America. That's our brown variety. Whereas you have the Yeti slash abominable snowman, which is white, hangs around the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 100%. I I agree. There's no gotcha here. I 
did try to look up if there were fundamental differences between the two. And pretty much everything said that they're basically the same. But there is a very small sect that we're not going to talk about, except for this very brief sentence, where if we were talking about Bigfoot slash Sasquatch, most people agree that that could be like the missing link, human-ape hybrid, um, very close description. Yeah, There are some people saying that the Yeti abominable snowman cannot be an ape slash um, like chimp, gorilla, you know, Australopithecus variety. That it has to be more closely related to the bear just based on tracking the historical record of animals in that area. Which I thought was really interesting. I don't think it's a bear, but I do... I do find it cool that people would think that it would be more bear man than ape man. I think that's a little silly. I don't know. I haven't, I mean, not good for them. I love creativity, but I guess I just haven't seen any depictions of um, a Yeti that didn't also scream ape to me do you know i agree yeah i've never seen a depiction that looks like a bear well even the depictions of them they're like don't get it confused you see the like because you're a simple-minded stupid human you see a hairy man and you just think it crosses with an ape you don't think that that could also be a cross with a bear yeah i mean that's fair it is fair but i don't like being I don't like people coming for me that hard, and I don't think of I don't I don't get bear. It's not yeah, being bear, mama. Yeah, it's not it's not giving boots to the house bear. So no. I agree. Good. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah, just like, <laughs> looked up a picture of like the abominable snowman. I mean, this is the problem. You know what? This is the problem. When you're looking at Hollywood depictions, I could see it giving more bear, but if you look at um, Britannica.com, it's giving very much ape with white hair. Yeah. Same with history.co.uk, ape with white hair. Same with monster.fandom.com, ape with white hair. But then when you look at um, Hollywood depictions and movies, it's, or Claymation Christmas, it's giving a little bear. So uh, once again, Hollywood ruining everything, I would say. If I had to accept a Hollywood depiction of a Yeti, it would be the Wampa in Star Wars. Just uh, because it's cute. Yeah, yeah that's so, fair. But again, that, does, that doesn't even... You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, does that even read Ape? Because it has like the tusks. Wampa doesn't. I was just going to let you have that. I just think, I think that was a real... But if I... Card pull. Yeah, but that's like normally what I... Th- if I were to think like that, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, like a Wampa, Right. But now that I'm even thinking about it even further, I'm calling myself out. The wampa doesn't even look like a mix of an ape. What is it a mix of? It has like the tusks and its adorable furry fucking face. What does that look like? I think it looks more like um, like a, uh, a furry walrus. Uh, well, to me, the wampa is more of... Um, Chewy, if Chewy got left mm. in Antarctica for multiple generations and had to evolve. It. You know, speaking of Star Wars and Chewy, I've been on such a deep dive of like Star Wars Sith lore lately where I've been listening to these like 
four hour breakdowns of like Darth Bane and not the Darth Bane rule of two, which is like what Darth Bane would be famous for, but like Darth Bane in the sense of how he chose to study the dark side of the force Darth and how Bane that two is in there can no there can't be two like Sith Lords. Of, of the yeah. Time. A master and apprentice, yeah, no more yeah, than that. Yeah. Cause in the beginning there was like a whole Sith army and then Darth Bane was like, this is why we keep fucking losing to the Jedi. And then Darth Bane did the rule of two, which that's the fun part of Darth Bane. But I've been doing the deep, deep dives where it talks about his character arc before he became a Sith. And I'm just like, fascinating. Uh, he killed his own dad. You know that? He acts, he, um, they have to. Well, this was before he was a Sith. This was before he even, cause like, it was. So he was born maybe like, I want to say like 3,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. And he his dad was kind of an asshole. So he one night sat up thinking about a big invisible hand squeezing his dad's heart. And then he woke up the next day and his dad had a heart attack. But he didn't realize until like decades later that he uh, fucking caused that with the force. Isn't that interesting? He had force choked his heart. And then for the Sith, you have to kill your master and for Bane, he was going to take out his lightsaber master, but he knew he couldn't best him in one-on-one -on -one lightsaber combat. So he used the force to collapse the ceiling on him. And then that's how he overtook the master, which begs the question, does that fucking count? Because all he did was... We just squished him. Squish him. Uh, yeah, I think it counts. Yeah, he brought a ceiling I... to a lightsaber fight. I mean, yeah, but it was still using the force to collapse the ceiling. So. Yeah, I, do, I agree with that. That wasn't a gotcha either. And then I also was looking at the uh, lightsaber fight style breakdown for Duel of the Fates, but only at the end part with Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan. So Darth what, Maul... Are you, on the, are you on the camp that Darth Maul, the Sith, won the Duel of Fates? Because I agree. The Sith won the Duel of Fates. Are, what do you mean? In the sense that he killed Qui-Gon and then lived? Yes, and yes, and that it like changed the trajectory of what the Jedi would do and what was to come for them and kind of like the fall. The Sith the won, yes, no. The Sith yeah. won. The, I don't know if you put the Duel of the Fates with Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan, that... That was the battle. I think the Jedi won that battle, but I think in the overall war, they definitely lost. I would agree with that. Duel of the Fates, though, I got to give that a W to, to Obi-Wan because he came out in the end. And then when he met Maul years later, but like, but won like again. What, but what is the point of the Duel of Fates if not to um, kill Qui-Gon and then also turn Anakin? No, and no, no, no. Also, the Duel of the Fates was not to turn Anakin. You because don't think it, the Duel of the Fates was a fight for Anakin? Like, what he was going to become? I don't know. Because this is where we're getting into, like, what would have happened if Qui-Gon would have lived, right? Because Qui-Gon, whenever people say Grey Jedi, they are inherently wrong. If you wanted to describe a Grey Jedi, I think the closest you would ever get to it is Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, because he saw the failure of the Jedi, period. Yeah. But I will also say that Qui-Gon mentoring Anakin. I don't necessarily... This would be a really good What If episode, right? If Qui-Gon actually was able to take Padawan Anakin and then come to fruition all the way through from Padawan to Jedi Knight, 
I still am unsure. I still think the trajectory of Anakin becoming Darth Maul was going to happen anyway. I think that that egg was in that basket. I'm sorry, Darth Vader. I think that egg was in that basket anyway. Sure. Um, but but I don't know. That's the question, right? That's a that's a chicken or the egg question. Was because in my eyes, I see, I see, I agree. I think Qui Gon is the best example of a gray Jedi because he was the first to call out the the failure of the Jedi. Um, I think that that would have been the greatest teacher. For Anakin, mm-hmm. had Qui-Gon not died, had Maul not interjected, I think, and if we would have seen that play out, it would have been the, I think we would have gotten a Luke Skywalker-esque version of Anakin in the sense yeah. of, like, I understand both negatives and positives. I walk in the middle, and I and I dip my toes on both sides of um, light and dark because I understand the power of both and the need, yeah. if we're going to play this game of Jedi and Sith and using the Force and Midichlorian and whatever, that mm-hmm. I have to, to be the most well-balanced, it's the yin and the yang. I have to have both dark and light within me versus the absolutist, absolutist Jedi position that would be the only way to beat the, the Sith is to not be a Jedi, is to disintegrate yeah. both because one can't But I mean, that also like goes into like exactly where... Because there were other Jedi who were similar to what Qui-Gon did, but just in different facets. Like, Mace Windu used a traditionally dark side technique when it came to how he used his lightsaber. But does yeah. that mean that, like, Mace Windu's a great Jedi um, now? But but I will say that at the beginning of the Duel of Fates, we should have this discussion. But I do <laughs> want to circle around to the lightsaber techniques. At the beginning of the Duel of Fates... The way that Darth Maul fights and the very nature of having a dual-sided lightsaber is so that you can fight offensively. There's nothing really defensive about that. It's a continuous onslaught. At the beginning of Duel of Fates, it was very attack and defend. After Qui-Gon died, that's where Obi-Wan switched from defensive to offensive techniques, and that's why he was able to defeat Darth Maul. Um, So I would almost say, too, that I don't know if they would have been successful in Duel of Fates had Qui-Gon not died, because I don't know if they would have actually switched their offensive style of fighting. Um, And I want to hope for the best when it comes to Qui-Gon, because he was very smart, but he was also very set in his ways... Uh, and even if his ways were kind of like tangent, because um, the, there's so much to fucking Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, man, because Obi-Wan didn't have a master when he was like, you're supposed to get assigned a master as a Padawan fairly early. Otherwise, you go to work as like a temple guard or you go to work in the fucking libraries and nobody would take Obi-Wan on. He was actually quite old and he hadn't had a pa- he hadn't had a Jedi master yet. And that's how he kind of got into Yoda's radar because he was just like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to try to be like, absorb as much Jedi knowledge as I can before I'm cut off from that. Because you have to be a Jedi master in order to get, or Jedi Knight in order to get to certain areas of the library. And he's like, as a fucking student, I'm going to see what I can get my hands on. Qui-Gon meanwhile was studying ways of becoming a force ghost. And that's how their paths kind of crossed. And then, you know, that stuff's just really fucking fascinating. I know we're supposed to be talking about Bigfoot right now. <laughs> I know that we're supposed to be talking about Bigfoot, but I mean, and, and I guess the whole conversation is like, what even, 
constitutes a great Jedi? You know what I mean? Is it following the Jedi code? Yeah. Is it following the Jedi order There's... as well? And if the Jedi uh, when is acknowledging the Jedi order's downfall, yeah. does that even still consider you a Here's... great Jedi? Or does that make you the most uh, straightforward yeah. uh, to the core Here's... Jedi Here's what I know about people who say that they're like a gray Jedi. Like if I was like, no, would you be a Jedi or a Sith? You'd be like, I'd be a Sith, baby. Rock and roll. If you asked me, I'd be like, yeah, Jedi. Walk that line. I try to be good. If somebody goes, I'm a gray Jedi. I think they're a piece of shit. I think they're a son of a bitch. There's no such fucking thing as a gray Jedi. I know that there's like people who like to think that there's a gray Jedi and they have their creed that someone wrote on the internet. It drives me nuts. There's no such thing as a gray Jedi. You just can't be it. You just can't fucking be it. I mean, it's an yes. anomaly. I mean, yes, I think, but like saying that you are is like it, it, it's, it's it gives pick me, it gives and it's pretentious. Me. But I think I think if we were to like be realistic, the best Jedi's are technically what you would call great Jedi's. But they're they, still Jedi. But but they understand the absolute absolutist position of the Jedi code and the Jedi. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. It has its failures. What What do you think the Jedi Order, the Jedi yeah, Code no, is? Yeah, no, I agree. It's absolutes. I so agree. I agree. Jedi but there's no fucking such thing. away from it always, and so therefore they're not even a full Jedi. You would no, no. You are a fucking Jedi, even if you still, <laughs> even if you go against like what traditional Jedi ethics are in terms of what the Jedi Council depicts. If you are following of the Force and you are practicing it. As a, you're still a fucking Jedi. There's no way to like not. You can't not be a Jedi. It's just like the same way if I'm like, hey, Noel, I am a girl. I am a female. But you know what? Because I want to wear pants today, I'm a man. It's like that's not – the pants don't make the man, man. I'm already a fucking girl. That's the same well, thing with like um, a Jedi. You know what I mean? You're giving the answer right now because gender is binary. I know. That was such a bad example. So, so is being an absolutist Jedi. What I'm saying is – Clothes do not necessarily make the gender. I don't know, man. That was a bad example, but it's also Fluidity. just being like, I'm a priest and I'm no. atheist. It's like, it are you an atheist priest? You can't be like an atheist God lover. You know what I mean? And it, you found the answer, which is no. fluidity. Shut up. But it's like someone saying like, <laughs> no, I believe in God as an atheist. Like, that's not how it fucking works. You either believe in God or you're an atheist. You're one or the other. You know, I mean, sure, sure, and then sure. for someone to be like, well, I'm agnostic. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. That's how I feel. Take the gender. That's a better example. You can't be like, yeah, I believe in God as an atheist. That's well, the same as someone saying they're a gray Jedi. Unless they were to say, like, I believe that God isn't like this all masterful creator man who created us, but an unknown being that created the earth and everything in it is not technically God, but it's something. And that doesn't make you an atheist though. Technically it would still make you an atheist because no. you don't believe in a Christian God. No. no. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's more what it is. I don't um, know. I, guess- I will die on this hill. There's no fucking such thing as a great Jedi. You are I either mean, a Jedi or you're a Sith or you're nothing. The best the, it's a conundrum in itself. If only Sith or if only the Sith deals in absolutes, then why is it just black and white and not a little bit of gray? Well, you're trying to talk now about like the way that you use the Force. The way that you use the Force can be a million different ways. We have Raven who went from being Sith Jedi, Sith Jedi, Sith Jedi, Sith Jedi. He did bounce back and forth, um, but at no point was there like a transitional period where he was like. Oh, I'm a gray Jedi for these two weeks while I fucking figure it out. So like, no, you're either one or the other. You're nothing. Well, I you're think either a he's, Jedi. He's a black and white mm-hmm. example. I think there's people who could 
who learn from faulting on both lines, I think the most... Well, then you're thinking of Force-sensitive people who don't follow Sith or Jedi, in which case they are neither. No. Not sensitive people. Not like fucking... But still, even Luke in Dark Empire, Luke went and he studied Sith lore. That didn't make him a Sith just because he was looking into the dark side of the Force. He was still a Jedi who just happened to be looking at Sith. You have to be one or the fucking other. You're going to make me actually mad. I'm sweating. Like, look at the sweat stains <laughs> on my fat rolls on my shirt. Oh, my God. I'm so hot. <gasps> You're making me go through menopause, Noel. I had to stand up. Don't go through menopause. We should probably move on and talk about Bigfoot. Okay, we fine. should have a debate, though, about whether or not gray Jedi are real and then go submit back. that as a Comic-Con panel because I guarantee you I will stand up and I will yell, there's no such fucking thing as gray Jedi. You're one or the other. You're nothing. No. That's very absolutist of you. I'm just going to say, though, that you're, like, full-on embarrassing yourself right now if you are tying into the credo of Grey Jedi. That's embarrassing. I don't like the term Grey Jedi. I just think that the best Jedis out there aren't Jedis, and they're not Sith either. They're a little bit of both. So, like, that's like Ahsoka Tano. She stops being a Jedi, but then she's neither. That doesn't make her a Grey Jedi because she doesn't follow either. I think that's the problem. You're getting hung up on the term Grey Jedi, I think that there's a middle. I think that the best, the there best is a middle, the middle, but there's no, there is a middle where you can take facets from both. I will yes. agree with you. Yeah, there is no such fucking thing as a gray Jedi. Well, sure, sure, sure. That's that's okay. it. Period. Because Mace Windu uses Sith techniques to fight, and you can see yeah. that in the way that he fights. Um, and there are very different forms. Like technically, a force push is something that you could argue is more of a Sith technique, right? Force lightning is another example. Even fucking Yoda can use it. There are elements of power that fall within the parameters of what we would consider the dark side of the force, but just by merely harnessing it or looking into it does not make a gray Jedi. It's you're either a Jedi or a Sith. There's, there's no such thing as gray Jedi or you're neither like Ahsoka. Who's like, Nope, I don't, I don't subscribe to what the Jedi say. That's fine. Then she's neither. She's neither Sith nor Jedi. That doesn't automatically make her a gray Jedi because she's this cool person in the middle. That doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, I think you're getting hung up on the term I, gray Jedi. I am. No, you're getting hung up on the term gray Jedi. I don't give a fuck about the term. I'm saying the best fighters and the best people, oh my best God. users of the Force are in the middle. My heart rate jumped to 96. Call it what you want. Um, actually, no. I would, If we want to really have a discussion, I would say that the best fighters are absolutely one or the other, and they're not neither. Um... Yeah, and we can 100% go into it. Is there a little bit of both? I don't know, because I would say that, like, Darth um, Plagueis is probably one of the most successful Sith in the sense that he took down the Jedi, and he did not use a single light side of the Force, and he took out the entire side of the Jedi. He was not in the middle. Well, and then you have Yoda, who's, like, the personification of, like, everything good in the Force, you know what I mean? Good and passive. Well, give me a good example of somebody who identifies in the middle, other than Ahsoka Tano. Well, besides, I would say you could say that Luke identifies in the middle because he uses Luke both. identifies as a Jedi. Well, he identifies as a Jedi, but I'm going to say that he uses both. I would also say if we're talking like cinematic, um, you have Ben and Ray using both. And then we could also even pretend maybe... But using both, you're, you're, there's, you're still either a Jedi or a Sith. Using both at the same it's a time. Be- it's like a belief I mean, even, system and a set of protocol. In, I mean, even in uh, Mace Windu, you know what I mean? Like being a Jedi, but using uh, Sith style That's what I'm saying. Fighting. 
As you can, that's fucking fine. But people who say that that makes a gray Jedi are fundamentally wrong. I'm not saying that being a Jedi prohibits you from looking in or using dark sides of the force. That's how I'm saying. I'm saying that people who say gray Jedi is a thing are fundamentally wrong. That doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, it's the equivalent so. of saying you're an atheist who believes in God. It doesn't fucking exist. You're so don't exist. Black and white. <laughs> I, yeah, you can say I'm black and white if I say that gray Jedi don't exist, and I will die on that hill. I mean, sure. All right. Sure well, it's would. been 45 minutes, so let's get back yeah. to oh Yetis. God, oh my god! Finish it. This all started because we said you said that the Wampa kind of looks like Chewy. But it all started because I said the Wampa looks like the Abominable Snowman. So we're all guilty today. <laughs> anyway, ha! this is supposed to be a fast episode so that we could take NyQuil and go to bed. Yes, yeah, right up. Jesus. Um, so similar to American versus world history, the Yeti has way more tied into it than our precious Bigfoot does. Um, and in fact, even Alexander the Great mentions coming across an army of Yeti all the way back in 326 B.C. So from UFOinsight.com, quote, It was during his invasion of India while documenting a journey to the Indus River, the ancient writings, which was in the Anabasis Alexandri Book 8 by Arian, speaks of a battle with hairy men in a region called Tomorus. These natives were Tomorus. Also hairy men. They're just like, yeah. it's, it's it was just, just all of Italians. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, get out of the region. Um, <laughs> so these natives were first noticed along the bank of the water, living in stifling cabins. And it was noted that they were hairy, not only on their heads, but the rest of their bodies. Furthermore, they had nails rather like beast claws. And it was noted that they were skins of animals for clothing. And following the batter, battle, Alexander the Great demanded to meet these Yeti as the ones who as the ones who didn't die when they fled from the hills all were dead in battle. So essentially he just wanted to meet a living one. Um, and according to National Geographic, the local people told him that they were unable to present one to him because the creatures could not survive at low altitudes. In another set of writings from a Roman author and rhetoric teacher named Claudius. Claudius A., we'll just say that, in the book De Natura Animalium, he makes mention of what we would commonly refer to in mythology as a satyr. But upon closer reading, it seems to be that the beings he described resemble yetis or Bigfoot. He mentions their diet of tree sprouts and their proclivity for staying in woodland areas and how they... I made a typo and it broke my brain. (laughs) This is COVID brain. I can't even skip over it. And how they fled with incredible speed to high mountain caves when threatened. When humans approach them too closely, they repel humans by hurling stones down at them. And it is this rock-throwing information that we really want to focus on here. repel all my neighbors. Yeah. Just like Donkey Kong throwing, like, barrels and, like, (laughs) watching them jump over them downstairs. Yeah. Um, So rock-throwing is, like, important here because that is a very traditional part of both Yeti and Bigfoot information, 99% of the time when people have an interaction with Bigfoot or a Yeti, it does involve them throwing rocks or it involves them coming across like rock formations in the form of like a cairn where they just like stack a bunch of rocks or um, 
like arches of rocks in certain areas where it's like, obviously they had to have been put there and it's not like a high traffic area where humans normally are. So that's where it like tends to lead a lot into the Bigfoot lore. Also, could you imagine like coming across a Bigfoot or a Yeti and you're like, holy shit. And then you're just getting like pebbles thrown at you. Like Like a little Dennis the Menace with a slingshot, but it's just like a little Yeti baby. Yeah. And he's just through a book, a, brush that you could clearly see him and yeah you're like i fucking see you what the fuck and then he's just like pink <laughs> dink ping and you're like stop fucking throwing rocks at me just like and hurt your feelings yeah it doesn't hurt it just hurts you it hurts here it yeah. hurts in here yeah yeah um honestly i would love that i just need something remarkable to happen to me i did have someone slide into my dms and was really inappropriate other than brandenburg and i was what like did they hmm. say uh read it read it open it Open it. We deserve it. Say it's it out not loud. even that good. So remember how mean? I... Oh my god, let me find it. What do you mean it's not that good? I just expected so much more. Like, I have such high standards now really? that... Um, you wanted a dick pic? Or you, you're just saying you expected... Well, it's now that, like, Brandenburg sent us the bomb threats. Now when I get, like, inappropriate messages from men on the internet, I'm like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this doesn't hit the same. You never hit. You, you never get over your first love, you know? <laughs> Um, it was, I wasn't expecting a boner, but here we are. Can I see his face? I mean, yeah. Let me see. Oh, I don't, I don't follow him back. That's his tiny well, you little. should follow him back. That's a familiar name. Maybe they listen to the podcast. Oh my God. I actually think. <gasps> Thank you. Oh my God. Oh I'm my so God. fucking sweaty. For those of you who are on Patreon. Now for sure if you keep talking about how sweaty you are. Oh my god. For those of you who are on Patreon, one of my weird symptoms from COVID is I am just raining sweat and I don't know what to do because I'm not also, normally a sweaty person. what did you person. post that made him get a boner? Um, my fitting for my Sailor Venus cosplay. Oh, typical. Mm-hmm. Typical, typical, typical. Yeah. So anyway, according to Bfro.net, which I personally like, Bfro, um, it's a Bigfoot researchers organization. They say that Bigfoot also use rocks to communicate. And I like to say, what a better way to communicate to someone by throwing a rock at their fucking head. Am I right? Am I right? So, quote from Bfro, pattern repetitive knocking sounds produced with rocks or thick branches hit against other rocks or dead trees are apparently used as long distance communication or deterrence. They go on to say that they use branches and rocks to hit trees or other rocks and they throw rocks and other objects out of hiding to scare people out of their territory as do chimpanzees. I get it. I would rather come across a chimp. No, I'd rather come across a Bigfoot than a chimpanzee. I hate chimpanzees. Chimpanzees are going to rip your fucking face off. I saw one uh, Reddit clip where, like, a chimpanzee pulled a guy's shirt and then, like, they were trying to, like, pull him away, like, as the oh, chimpanzee was Oh, that was, like, a, that was an orangutan. I watched well, I don't fucking like those either. My God, the sweat. <sighs> I'm getting, like, out of breath from COVID, man. I feel like I'm all, like, lightheaded. I have to stand up and get a breath. Okay. Sorry. You are a disaster. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm losing it, man. You got me yeah, all you are. fucking angry about the gray Jedi nonsense and now my heart rate's all up and I'm all sweaty and I'm like getting spots in my vision because this is the most I've communicated in days and I'm just running out of oxygen. Yeah, I feel, trust me, I can't breathe out my nose, bitch. The fuck? So, um, so now the sightings of Yeti and sightings of Bigfoot are all relatively similar. People in mountainous regions stumble across cryptids 
who disappear before anyone can really get their bearings or truly document the evidence. And this was especially true in the 1950s, where the ability to document such sightings was inhibited by the technology at the time. Maya Bakova, a prolific cryptic researcher who died in the 90s, rest in peace, often put herself in positions to encounter the mysterious Yeti and hope to better understand the paranormal element surrounding its existence. She believed that in addition to what we already know about Yetis physically, they also had the predator-like ability to go invisible against their surroundings. And here, Noel, is where we get into the debate of what really is the Yeti, a cryptid, an alien, or something else. Noel, which camp of belief do you fall into? And then I put here in the notes, insert organic and non-scripted discussion here. <laughs> you did put that. Um, I think that a Yeti is a... Well, I'm in between cryptid and something else because I classify a Yeti the same as I classify a Bigfoot. And there's a part of me that just thinks it could be um, like another evolution of ape. Not necessarily missing like mm, not that, but like I maybe see. just, you know, the, a, a small subset of apes got stuck in a specific region and evolved and adapted Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the descent, but if the descent was about ape monsters, right? In caves, you know what I mean. I I want to say that that used to be like the very similar camp that I was in. I think that it's fun to assign the missing link to Bigfoot or to a Yeti. I don't in a tangential way. Link. I don't want it to be the missing link, but I mean in a tangential way, in the sense that we could share an ancestor, and all we're seeing is how we could have evolved, right? I mean, I guess. I, have you seen the crawdads that get stuck in caves in the south, and they are blind and deaf and translucent? Yeah, because they live in the dark. Yeah, like, that's the Yeti to me. Yeah, I I used to, but I used to be in that camp where it was just a we're seeing a product of evolution. I think it wasn't until I really started subscribing to the missing 411 phenomenon where I was like, fuck, dude, what if it's like something else? You Hold think on, I'm going to call. A Yeti and a big, okay. <coughs> oh my God, mute it, bitch. Jesus. Well, I know she could still hear me. So um, <laughs> she's starting bright right oh now. Oh my God. Like, Jesus, I, take a sip of something. I did. I have fucking Gatorade, man. Um, so I of the missing 411 phenomenon. Oh, but I was going to say, so you are now thinking that Bigfoot and the Yeti are interdimensional time travelers? Or of, like of the alien variety. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, well, a little bit more with Bigfoot than the Yeti. And I know oh that there's like God. a fundamental and tangential difference. But when you look into the missing 411 stuff, where a lot of that stuff does seem to be interdimensional phenomenon. And I point out there was a little three-year-old boy who just went missing. Oh, my God. Have you seen the before and afters? He doesn't even look the same, man. That's Someone what I'm telling like, you. Who, what the fuck? Did that is see? not, that is the face of a little boy who just went through some interdimensional bullshit. Yeah. He missing for like one style. Eyelids anymore. That kid's fucked up. Glad if he's he, safe, but yeah. Jesus Christ, get that kid if, into therapy. If Yeti were a cryptid, I, I, I want it to be a cryptid, which is fun. But I think that when we get into this kind of stuff, I do believe that they are one and the same. That little boy, 100% missing 411, found in an area that was already searched. He shouldn't have fucking survived that as a three-year-old either. Disappeared for two seconds while his dad was, like, right there. It yeah. fits all the different parameters, and then all of a sudden he pops up. And he almost doesn't look like the same little boy anymore. He looks like a fucking changeling. Yeah, like, his eyes not. got closer together. 
Yeah, he does not look the same. No. It's scary. Because I looked at the before picture and he just looks like a normal kid. And then I look at the after picture and he looks like a drawing that someone did of a different kid. Yeah, that kid looks so that's up. He looks that's all I'm terrified. saying. Yeah, is interdimensional. That has interdimensional nonsense written all over it. And I, I think that it, I think no matter what you believe, you're not wrong. I'll dare say, so long as you believe in Bigfoot and Yetis for the lovely game. Um, and I, we could discuss the nature of Bigfoot, but you know we're going to move on because we've got some Nyquil to take. Yeah, please. So. But what we are going to do before we wrap up is we are going to travel back in time to a New York Times article from 1974 called It's Hard to Prove That Something, Even a Monster, Doesn't Exist. And this article actually takes us further back in time to 1924. So here's that story. This is We are quoting the New York Times now. The year was 1924, and the place, according to now legendary story, was Toba Inlet, located on the coast of British Columbia opposite Vancouver Island. For three mornings in a row, Albert Osman, a lumberman on vacation, on a vacation camping trip, had awakened to find that his campsite had been disturbed by a nocturnal visitor from the woods. Now, as night fell on the fourth evening, he crawled into his sleeping bag, fully clothed, intending to feign sleep and surprise the animal that had come to rummage through his knapsack and make off with his food. But after a few hours, sleep overcame him. He was awakened by something picking him up, he related later. He felt as if he were being tossed on horseback, but he could feel that whatever had picked him up, sleeping bag, knapsack, and all, was walking upright. After a lengthy, uncomfortable journey, he was dumped roughly on the ground, and he emerged from the sleeping bag to face four immense, hairy, ape-like creatures. Italian an apparent man. family. Yeah, just he's like, ah, I cook a meatball for you. <laughs> Uh, real low-hanging fruit that I'm going for today. We have to. We have yeah. to. We have. That's all <laughs> I can grab. Yeah. So it's all I could reach from lying prone in bed. Um, and two of them were obviously male, the father and son, and two were obviously female, mother and daughter. How was that obvious to them? I'm going to guess boobs. <gasps> Why was he looking at the children's boobs? <laughs> you want to know what? Because, like, every, what I assume, lumberjack Republican, probably a pedophile. True. True. Valid. Um, our lawyer is telling us that, that is conjecture and can't apply to everybody. Um, be a joke, but we don't know. <laughs> I can't say. I you can neither confirm nor deny. Yep, exactly. Um, and Osman remained a captive of the creatures for about a week in the small valley they called their home, apparently serving as a source of amusement for them, eating food from his knapsack and watching for a chance to escape. His opportunity finally came one morning when the father of the family grabbed Osman's snuff box, swallowed its contents, and grew violently ill. Oh my god. In the moments of panic and confusion that followed, Osman dashed off into the woods. When he finally reached civilization, he decided to keep the story of his strange encounter to himself, for fear nobody would believe him. But in 1957, like 30 years later... At a time when sightings of similar ape-like creatures had been reported in the Pacific Northwest, Albert Osman began to tell his story to friends and relatives and eventually found his way into the popular press. So in the end, the problem of Sasquatch reflects the much larger problem of how intelligent man must deal with the unexplained. Proving that something doesn't exist is extremely difficult, if not entirely, or if not logically impossible. But as Sherlock Holmes put it, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Love Even that. if none 
of the hundreds of sightings that ever occurred, we would still be forced to conclude that a giant bipedal primate does indeed inhabit the forest of the Pacific Northwest. Fun. The end. I also like the idea of being kidnapped by a Sasquatch, and it's just like an episode of the dinosaurs. Right? Yes, and then they fucking die in the last episode. They die in the last episode? Yeah, dude, the fucking meteor comes down. How do you think the dinosaurs died? They were like in their little cave, and the newscasters are like, it's the end of the world, and they're all freaking out, and they hug each other, and in their last moments, the meteor comes and kills them all. Are you fucking lying to me? I swear to God, I'm 100%. I would not gray Jedi you on this. I'm being 100% truthful. Oh my God. Why would they do that? Dude, because nobody wants us to be happy, Noel. Why would the they sh- do listen that? Listen to this. In the show's final episode, Earl inadvertently causes the extinction of all dinosaurs when, at the prodding of Richfield and the We Say So Corporation, he poisons all plant life. In an effort to bring plants back, he blocks the sun from the planet and says global temperatures below freezing, and then they die. The fucking so they suffer before they die, and so then the not meteor comes only down. Did the dinosaurs die in the show? But they died from man-made global warming. Yeah. Well, no, they suffer. They don't die from global warming. They suffer immensely at the hands of global warming, and then by the time that they've accepted their fate, um, or by the time the hot, by the time before hope can foster, I guess you could say, then the meteor comes and they all fucking die. They all die in the last episode, though. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah, dude, watch the ending. I don't want to. Have you seen, I don't know if it's real or not, but have you seen the last cartoon strip of Garfield? No. What is it? Google it. The last cartoon strip of Garfield. Do you see it? It's three slides. Um, no, I just saw an ex- a text. I just got a text describing it. It says... Click that giant link I sent in Zoom. The very last comic was on June 25th. The banner art usually seen in Sunday comics. At the top is a series of images of Garfield walking with a gloomy expression, with each image becoming more and more transparent from left to right. And the Garfield text doesn't appear. Let me see what you sent me. Oh my god. That is a fucking wall of flink. <laughs> Where he just stops fucking sleeping? Yeah. Dude, fuck you, Noel. Yeah. What is this? It shows him in like his little box with his blanket, and it's like ZZ for sleeping, snoring, and the first and second and the last slide is just him. Isn't that horrible? Isn't that I'm horrible? fucking done with today. I'm done with this whole <laughs> week. I've got sweat building in my fat rolls. Making you my shirt gross. Just tell me that they died at the end of the dinosaur. Well, you fucking you, you got me back with Garfield. Damn it! I'd already accepted the fate of the dinosaurs. I haven't. I never will. Well. Oh man. Anyway, speaking of terrible things, there's yeah, this was the worst. There are some not terrible things you can do, like. Subscribe to our Patreon for a dollar where um, you get new episodes every week. Really fun, really fun, exciting, um, energetic episode this week. 
You can find the link in our, any of our bios. Ours personally, I'm at Noelle Fane. That is at Sithlard. That Chelsea is at Sithlard. <laughs> or, and we are at Go to Hell Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. But in that link tree bio, you can, of course, subscribe to Patreon. You can find pro choice resources. You can get our merch. We, as always, are still having the protect trans kids campaign this isn't just a thing in june for us to do this is all year long this mm-hmm. is never ending um you can find a link to kelly holloran or at wildwood owls stickers on etsy you can find our discord server facebook group and i don't know how this is always brought up but whatever links to listen to us on spotify and apple podcast even though that shouldn't <laughs> be a problem since you're listening to us now um and yeah that's it so sorry you guys had to listen to how fucking terrible I can he- I can hear and feel how stuffed up I am. I, f- um, I felt like I was both speaking through water and that I was listening to you talk to me through water. So I've definitely got something going on, too. Yeah, there's something. We've got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, and you guys didn't get to hear the rant on Patreon, even though you should for a dollar. Um, it doesn't matter that it's June 9th, 2022. If you don't feel well get tested for covid mm-hmm. if it's just a headache and a body ache get tested for covid um, find free testing centers near you or you can order a nine dollar test on amazon find them at walgreens and or cvs near you there are a lot of local and government programs still offering um, to send you test kits at home and if you're waiting for one to get to you in a day stay inside and quarantine and isolate until you can test and know for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Don't fuck around. Keep the fucking energy. I know it's exhausting, but keep the fucking energy. Yeah. Okay? Period. I guess we can get the fuck out of here now. Hail Satan. Hail Noelle's mom, who actually sent me a get well soon message on Facebook. Did she also tell you not to go to roller derby? She didn't. Well, She said happened. give... But she did say give yourself time that is coming because i said oh she was all getting on my ass because she heard me puffing and puffing for breath and i was like you want to hear what's funny chelsea thinks she's gonna go play roller derby um like over um i will say though i'm out when i'm in in bozeman playing roller derby i will be masked up and um i will be outside the cdc guidelines or within the cdc guidelines of not being infectious Following the CDC guidelines doesn't mean that it's what's best for your body. Yeah, I know. I'm ready to fucking pass out. That's I'm like breathless by... Dude, I'm like fucking out of breath right now. Look at me. I'm like fully standing up because I'm not getting not, enough breath into my lungs by sitting down. not even go. It's a waste. Oh. Alright, well... Yeah. Hear that. Everyone hold her accountable to that. Everyone bully Chelsea and tell her not to fucking go. Just because the CDC says you're alright doesn't mean you are, bitch. Walk up the stairs and tell me you can play roller derby, <laughs> dumb hoe. If you do it, do it um, not in private. Do it on public forums so all yeah. my teammates can see it. Yeah, good. I'll tell them myself. Do it. I'm not even scared. Fucking do it. All I want is more chaos that you've <laughs> brought into my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.